Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, I don't know if you know this, but free agency's here. Let's go. Hey, this is this is where the Mets shine. This is actually the problem because the Mets shine here so much, and then in the season it becomes a problem. But yeah, the, the Mets. I think they have the banner saying we won the 2022 slash 23 off season. Yeah, we're undefeated in winning the off season. We're undefeated in being the favor for the World Series, and then it's just you never know what's going to happen from there. But. I, I was trying to think about the first move that was made. Last offseason, it was sorely, sort of significant. I'm talking not talking about options being picked up, and I think it might have been like the Teoscar Hernandez trade. I feel like that was super early on. That uh, was early, and then not really a move, but the Mets re-signed Diaz like right away. That oh, was that's right, in like the first day or two. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you have the Diaz, and then there was a couple other relievers who get signed. I think, and everyone's as you know, everyone's screaming and yelling about the relievers. Here comes the run on relievers, and then <laughs> and we don't hear anything forever about anybody. Yeah, so it's crazy. Like Andrew Chafin, I, I think he's based on the based on like Twitter and based on like Mets fans wanting him. He should have been a Met like five times by now. Every offseason, we're like, you know, we need a lefty. Let's get Chafin, and then he never comes. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's cross our fingers. I mean, a lot of the. Honestly, a lot of the options already have been pretty interesting. I think more interesting than last year. Yeah. Uh, Water Rodriguez and, um, uh, you know, obviously Joe Kelly. Uh, you know, it's yeah, – I'm, I'm missing about 50 other ones, but it's, yeah. you know. But anyway, it's, it's – I was surprised play. with the Waka. Waka really surprised me. That's why. Oh, well, I'm okay. So this is what we're going to – this is what we're going to do. So you led me to – you led me to Water here. Okay. Which is, you know, I asked you, I said, give me, don't give me the list of free agents. Like, I don't, well, we have other people to do that. Yeah. We have, you know, we have Tim Britton, obviously, giving us the contracts. Yep. Ed Han will be on at some point, giving us his list. And I, and I admire anyone who puts together any list of free agencies. It's an exhaustive thing. 
Tim Britton's <laughs> thing was so exhaustive. It was like, it was exhausting to me how exhaustive it was. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, but I asked you to go through, just give me a position and give me yeah. a sleeper pick. And before you start, like you just mentioned, like, so I'm like, ah, do I want to do this? I'll, I'll leave it up to Evan to do it. But Waka would be my pitcher. Waka would be my like sleeper free agent pitcher, I think. No, um, yeah, I definitely had him in conversation. I, I was in my mind, he was one of the guys that popped up first. Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting one. But I think that for people who follow this podcast, follow socials at BB isn't boring, follow it all. This is a worthwhile exercise because we know the Otani, we know the Yamamoto, we know all the pitchers, we know Bellinger, we know we know them all. But there's always the guy that signed that now everyone runs to Google and like, well, is this good or bad? And we're yeah. going to sort of, so we're going to get you out ahead of the curve. All right. So here we go, Evan. Where do you, what position you want to start with first? Yeah, we could start with pitcher and then just go, you know, I did like starting pitcher and relief pitcher, maybe, yes. that, you know, help yes. out and okay. then catcher first base, you know, the whole trip. All right. We'll go with starting pitcher, starting pitcher. Who's your sleep? Yeah, so starting pitcher, um, you know, I was considering Waka. I was considering Lugo, but I feel like Lugo is starting to kind of get well-known along with Tim Britton talking about him. So a guy that for me, he almost is like what people expect Lance Lynn to be, but Lance Lynn is rarely delivered on it. I think it's Wade Miley. He had a 3.14 ERA this past year, a 2.5 war, and it's just every year he's consistently good. There's like very few guys that it's like you you kind of he kind of signs and you forget about him. Like last year he did with the Brewers, then he was the Reds the year before and the Cubs. So he's kind of bounced around. But he's a guy that it's like every time you look up his stats at the end of the year, he's got like a really solid ERA and uh, you know, war and all that extra, all that analytical stuff that I really am kind of clueless on. But every time I look up his numbers at the end of the year, he's solid. So I definitely, you know. For a small market team, or maybe the back end of the rotation for like a bigger market team, I definitely think he's a worthwhile guy to go. That's by. a good one. No, that's a good one. Absolutely, it's a good one. It's um, yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that one at all. I got yeah. to jump to mind too. Was and this isn't. I don't even know if he classed from his starter, but whatever. And maybe it's just because he held up a baseballs and boring shirt. Nick Martinez. <laughs> Nick Martinez. Yeah, that, yes, definitely. Yeah. And with so, Scott Boris as his agent, I definitely think he'll try to get him a starter contract, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So, all right, good one. We're one for one. Relief pitcher, who do you got? Yeah, so relief pitcher, I was between two guys because um, Tim Britton mentioned another guy, Robert Stevenson, who I definitely think he's probably more toward the upper echelon. I didn't know if he's necessarily a sleeper because he's really jumped on the scene with the Rays. But two guys that came to mind – one guy who was just absolutely looked over by every team he was on this year but performed every time was Matt Moore. He was on three different teams this year. He was on the he started with the Angels, then they they put him on waivers and the the Guardians picked him up, I believe it was. And then he did really well there. He finished the season with a 2.56 ERA, did really well with the Marlins, and then they put him on waivers and then he went to the Guardians, but he's like constantly good. He's a lefty, which every team's looking for. And he's just had two straight really great seasons after being like, you know, he's a top prospect as a starting pitcher. Then he went to Japan and then he came back and he's just been really good. And then the other guy I had is the Brent Suter. Um, he was on the Brewers forever. 
And then he really performed really well. 3-3-8 ERA. He's another lefty, a 0.8 war. But, I mean, he was just a really good for the Rockies this year, pitching in Coors Field. It's obviously Harvard, Harvard guy, too. Harvard yeah. guy. Harvard guy. So those are the two guys. I mean, I know lefties are a super big thing when you're looking at bullpen guys because, you know, bullpens always are lacking lefties. And those are two guys that have performed really well. Brent Suter, I felt like, got looked over because the Rockies just stunk this year. And then Matt Moore, that was just the weirdest season of all time because he performed everywhere and they just kept discarding him like he was nothing. So I don't know. It's it, kind is, of- it is crazy. Anyone wants to go back and look at Matt Moore's Wikipedia page. He was perceived as uh, like a stud young player, a pitcher, an ace. Uh, he was he was the be all end all. Yep. And then you know he's uh, good for him for sort of surviving and being viable and being good and getting on your list. Most importantly, congratulations. There you go. <laughs> all right, what do you got a catcher? Yeah, so catcher was kind of tricky because a lot with with a lot of the position players, it's super tricky, but. Um, the two guys that stood out to me, the main guy was Eric Haas because he was really, he did really well for the Tigers in 2021. He had 22 bombs, 61 RBIs. In 2022, 14 bombs, 44 RBIs. This year, he completely fell apart. But I feel like if you could piece it back together with him, I think he could be really good. And then the other guy is Tom Murphy. He had a, a 1.2 war this year, 290 average, eight home runs. Uh, 992 fielding percentage. I figured out that 970 is a good fielding percentage. <laughs> he was above that. I think the tricky thing with him when it came to calculating his numbers and stuff is that Cal Cal Raleigh was their star there, and he really came into his own this year. So Tom Murphy kind of just got left to the side. But I think those two guys, you know, once you're starting to get down into the list, once you get past the Garbers and the Sanchezes and even the Carantinis, I think those are two guys that. You know, you can might you might be able to sign them to like a one year deal, like with an option for a second year, or just like a one year deal. Especially if you're struggling at the catcher position, or even as a backup. So I think they could be two guys. I can I can tell you, teams are a conundrum when it comes to finding catchers. Yeah, like this is they really are. And I've heard, you know, I already had one uh, one team guy from a team call me about, you know, Christian Vasquez. So you know, Christian Wall. What do you think about Christian Vasquez? And, you know, Vasquez has, has you know, got his contract with the Twins, but now he's a backup, underperformed. Yeah. But still, like, if teams need a guy like Christian Vasquez, they, they just do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the names that you're throwing out might be like, oh, those guys are going to settle for nothing contract. Well, you know what? They'll get something because teams need catching. Exactly, so, and then they and then in the postseason they get to be the guy who's like the biggest cheerleader on the team. Oh, well, like, right, you know? exactly, right. <laughs> like, Between Austin like, Hedges, Garrett Stubbs, I mean, you got uh, the biggest cheerleaders sure, on the I teams. Mean, <laughs> we should have a personality off before between Austin <laughs> Hedges and Garrett Stubbs. It would be go. great. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, now first base. What do you got? Yeah, so first base, there was one guy that really performed and one guy that I felt like, I, I feel like some team should give him a minor league deal. I don't even know if he would get a major league deal, but Garrett Cooper is the guy that performed. He was, uh, you know, the Miami Marlins first baseman for a while, a 2022 All-Star. In 2023 this year, he had 17 home runs and 61 RBIs. He was traded from the Marlins to the Padres midseason. They also had G-Man Choi, so I think the playing time kind of got screwed up there. But I think he did a lot better with the Marlins than he did with the Padres. But I think he's kind of like an under-the-radar, maybe even just bench piece guy. But I think he might be a worthwhile add. And then a guy who's a minor league guy, 
a guy I would imagine be like on a minor league contract would be Jared Walsh. Because in 2021 with the oh, Angels, he was, he was, he was, good was yeah, he was great. I mean, 29 home runs, 98 RBIs, a 2.8 WAR. So he was just going crazy. And then I was looking up like what happened to him, and they said he he has like some like neurological issue that like it kind of messes with like it's like a vertigo thing. So if he can be able to get that figured out, kind of like Tommy Pham with his eyes, I think that Jarrett Walsh might be a worthwhile add, and you know, a guy that's under the radar. So. I like how you tried to piece together two uh, two very very different physical issues. You yeah, know? I know. You know, like you know, when he blew on his ACL, if he can get it going, like the guy with the, with the torn rotator cuff, you know. It's like, yeah. it's anyway, uh, yeah. All so, right, all I right. I feel like a lot I, of people I, might be in on him, but it's just one of those things where it's like everybody's going to try to reclaim that past success. So I don't know. He was really. He had a run, man. He was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, all right, second base. All right, so second base. This guy is well-known. He was with, obviously, the Orioles this last year. I have Adam Frazier. He had 13 home runs, 60 RBIs, a 1.7 war. I figured that he was more of a sleeper because, obviously, you have Whit Merrifield there. You have Donovan Solano there. You might have some trade options there. Tim Anderson might even be considered there. I know some teams might not be in on him as a shortstop. So I feel like Adam Frazier is a guy that's like a good piece to have when you have young guys that aren't quite ready yet, like just like he was with the Orioles. And he could be a, you know, surprise you and give you a little more pop than you expect and, you know, just be a a solid player, you know, not anything that's going to, you know, turn your franchise around, but a guy that's definitely going to be a good, like, plug and play. Yeah, do exactly what he did for the Orioles. I mean, it's. It's 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 a good one, and, and it's also as we're going along here, I think it's it's going to be a theme about yeah, man, the 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 sleeper picks for the 2023 2024 off season might be a, a notch below for position players what we're used to. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's thin, but you know. But the, honestly, this is where teams find guys. I mean, this is. This is why we're doing this exercise. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Short, shortstop, what do you got? Yeah, so sh- uh, shortstop, I got um, – what did I put there? Oh, I put Kike Hernandez. I forgot to write his name. I just have all his stats there. <laughs> 11 home runs, 61 RBIs on the year. He had five homers and 30 RBIs with the Dodgers. Obviously, as as most people listening from Boston know well, he didn't really do really great in Boston, but he went to the, to the Dodgers a lot like Joe Kelly and, you know, kind of resurrected his case for this offseason. I think Tim Anderson and Ahmed Rosario are probably the top guys there, so I think it would be kind of dumb to put them as the sleeper because everybody kind of knows of them. But, uh, yeah, but I would say this. I would say this. This is where I'm going to crap all over you. Yeah, is that is <laughs> is I don't think Kike Hernandez will ever play regularly at shortstop. He, True. He actually played, you know, a fair amount. But when he left Boston, everyone was like, "No, you know, that's not happening." Um, but but you mentioned Tim Anderson. I would almost classify him now as a slip because he was horrifically bad at him. Like he was True. so bad. Yeah, and and so and so now is this the ultimate change of scenery guy? Is this the guy? I don't know if there's anybody of the shortstops, even the non sleepers. Is there is there a non sleeper who, if, if a team says we need a shortstop, they're like, oh, we're gonna go get him. Is there anybody? 
not anybody on the market. Obviously, with Padres, you know, you got Tatis and Bogarts that they're willing, it seems, to get rid of. But, yeah, there's nobody in the market. I mean, I have Nick Ahmed. I mean, he's kind of just fallen off. He used to be a big thing. The guy with the Red Sox is not a sure thing at all, but uh, Mondesi, who never ended up playing for oh, the Red Sox. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he would be the other it's guy. It's funny, he's like, so Mondesi, Mondesi in spring training, when we first talked to him, he's like, my goal is to be ready for opening day. Yeah, and then he wasn't that ready for like closing day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's so thin that it's like if you're looking at this market, you're banking on one of these guys just turn it around, or you're going to the to the uh, the trade market, which I imagine the trade market's going to be a lot more vibrant this year than it might have even been in the past. So, well, for position players, yeah, definitely, has, yes, right? yeah. yeah. Um, all right, third base. Yeah, so third base. He had a brutal injury this year, Gio Urshela. I think he had something to do with his groin. It was like a lacerate. I don't even – it was it was a rough read when I read it. I forget exactly what it was, but it was nasty. But last year, he had 13 home runs. He had 64 RBIs. He had a 3.1 war with the Twins. So he's a guy that it's like once you get past, you know, Matt Chapman is obviously the best guy in the market, even though he had kind of had a down year. Justin Turner, if he wants to play there, I saw that Bob Nightingale said the D-backs already expressed an interest. I don't know if, how reliable that is. But then Heimer Candelario's, those are probably the top three. And then once you get past them, it's kind of just, you know, anybody's anybody's guess. But I think Gio Rochelle is the one guy, once you get past them, that's kind of proven himself in the past. And I think you know, obviously, once he gets past that injury for next year, I think he could definitely be a guy that you can plug and play and not really have to, you know, bank on him turning anything around too much. Well, I mean, okay, of all the guys who are available at third base, who yeah. is the guy that would play the most games at third base? So you mentioned Turn. Turn's not playing every day at third base. Definitely. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's honestly, he's not playing probably the majority of the time in, in the field at third base. Candelario, maybe, right? Uh, yep. So, and then Chapman, uh, which is kind of he's the yeah. I mean, guy. Chapman is a, well. Chapman is a legit. I know that he has he had a weird year. The up and he went from MVP candidate to the opposite of MVP candidate. Yeah. But uh, but it's like he you could sell you could say okay there you go there's that third baseman because he's Definitely. oh my goodness he's so good defensively yeah. no doubt yeah but no I like I like Urshela like I like I like Urshela. As a player, if you get healthy, I like him as a clubhouse guy. I like I like that. It's a good one. That's a good one. I keep saying yeah. it's a good one, except for your shortstops. <laughs> yeah. um, that was a rough one to pick. I was. Yeah, I, was I know. If you, did your, you did your best. <laughs> yeah. Good effort. It's like the kid in the runway at the Lakers game. Good effort. <laughs> nice try. Good effort. Nice try. Um, all right. What do you want to do? Three outfielders. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of grouped them together because I wasn't exactly sure how they'd be classified. So I kind of just have, like, I figured the big names are Bellinger, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and uh, Lordy Scorial, and also Lee from um, Japan or Korea. I'm not sure which yeah. one. But the, he's represented by Scott Boris, Jung-Ho Lee. Um, I figured those are the big names. So I kind of pick like two guys after them that I thought. And one guy, <laughs> one guy just opted out, Eddie Rosario from the Braves. And I don't even know if he's necessarily a sleeper because, I mean, he had 21 bombs, 74 RBIs, and a 1.1 war. So he's coming off a really good year. So I think you could arguably put him with the big names. But he, he opted out, right? It was his thing. Yep. Yeah, he opted yeah. out. Well, yeah. that's why. You know, like. Yeah, you exactly. Can't, you can't be considered a sleeper if you opt out of your contract. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> and then the other guy I had 
was Aaron Hicks. I mean, he's a guy that completely resurrected his career with the Orioles. You know, he went from being the the guy who every Yankee fan wanted off the team to the Orioles. He finished the year with eight home runs, 36 RBIs, and a and a one war uh, with the O's playing pretty much close to every day, I think, with them. So he really he really resurrected his case. And once you get past those guys, once you get past those four, and then you just got a bunch of guys that have kind of made the rounds. You know, you got Harrison Bader. You got Hunter Renfro, and you got a bunch of these guys, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. Tommy, yeah, Tommy Pham. So you got a bunch of these guys that have kind of kind of been everywhere lately. So it's kind of up to you on them. But I definitely think – I guess Eddie Rosario could probably add to those, the big names. But once you get past those four, it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of taking your shot. Give me, a, give me, a, deep, give me a deep one. Give me like a – give me an outfielder like a – you know, this is like deep on the list. You got anybody? I was trying to think. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like Mark Canna was another guy who would be big, but, you know, that whole trade happened um, the other day with him going to the Tiger. Yeah. That takes him off the board. But, yeah, I know. Like Kevin Kiermeyer, I know he's available. He's probably the best, second-best center fielder after Ballinger. <laughs> the same thing with Nimmo last year with him. He always is the second-best center fielder. But um, – Yeah, Kiermeyer is a good one. I mean, Kiermeyer yeah, – yeah, so it's yeah, it's you know I think Kieran Richick like, is another one. You know you got yeah. I mean again, that. like I'll, with most of these guys, it's funny because you mentioned some names who we say okay they've had an injury thing and a tweak here, tweak there, they could take off. Yeah, but these outfielders you're mentioning, we know what they are. Like we know what Richick is, we know what Kiermaier is, we. All due respect to his postseason, we know what Fam is. Yeah. You know, we we know what most of these guys are, which is fine. But the upside of it, the the, the idea that this is going to turn around, is sort of like you know, like Kevin Pilar, like yeah. that sort of Kevin Pilar, you know? Jordan Luplo, Trace Thompson. I mean, you got some of those guys out there. Yeah, well, Trace Jankowski. Thompson. Might, yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying Trace Thompson is going to turn the world around, yeah. but at least like there's he's young. You yeah, know, exactly. So, and he and he was so good for the Dodgers a couple of years ago, and then it all kind of came crashing down this year. Obviously, you got Ryan El Tapia, who's been, I think, on every team. You know, again, he, falls, he falls under the we know what Ryan El Tapia is. We absolutely <laughs> know what Ryan El is. Um, all right, the last one is DH. You got a DH? Yeah. yeah so a guy that I thought um, definitely didn't help himself this year uh, with the Brewers is Jesse Winker. But the past two years, I mean, he was really good. 2020, I mean, I shouldn't say really good in 2022. 14 homers, 53 RBIs, pretty solid. And then in 2021, 24 homers, 71 RBIs, a 1.3 war. I think that was the Reds in 2021, the Mariners in 2022, and then the Brewers this year. But I think he's a guy that if he just – because I think it was like something to do with his swing this year. It was all screwed up. But I think if he just corrects something, once you get past, you know, Otani, Martinez, Turner, Solaire – once you get past those guys, I think he'd be probably the next best option if you want a DH. And you could, I guess, throw him in the outfield too. But it was kind of a, a very small DH market once you got past, you know, those four guys that are really the big names. Yeah. I mean, I mean Adam Duvall, is- you could also put him there, I guess, too. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, Adam Duvall is a good player. Like, he's honestly a good player. Yeah. So, and yeah, I would put him, yeah, he would fall into the outfielder. I would yeah. put him actually like fairly high. Uh, amongst yeah. the outfielders, like and he he had like this. Obviously, you worry about his wrist, but still, 
he's I think he's good enough. You know, he's we talk about Hunter Renfro a lot, like Hunter Renfro. He, what it, it's a good player player to have. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Oh man, you know what? You know what you did. First of all, you made me feel good about your expertise because you did a good job. <laughs> but you also made me super depressed. Like what a <laughs> yeah. terrible, terrible free agent mark this <laughs> No, I yeah. Mean, What's the starting pretty- pitcher and relief pitcher? It's like you got some you got some guys out there. You mean Hader, Chapman, Neris, Robertson, Liam Hendricks after his Tommy John gets back, you know, Jordan Hicks. So you got some good names in the starting pitcher and relief market. But once you get to the the position players, after Bellinger's gone, it's it's pretty rough. I know Tom. Uh, yeah. Well, Listen, dig in. There you go. I, this is a productive thing, though, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Because people have to get their head around these sort of guys. They just yeah. do. They just do. Because yeah, once you start getting toward the dog days and once your team decides that they don't want to make any trades, these are the guys you're going to try to have to sell yourself. But on, there's right? also some of them, there's some of them who that you're going to find out, oh, you know, when free agency started, they were the first ones, the team, they were the first ones the teams called. Because they yeah. were that, we targeted them, and they were that important. The guy I always remember with that was David Ross. I mean, in 2013, Red Sox, yeah. first guy they called, David Ross, backup catcher. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, you did God's work today, Evan, as always. <laughs> in celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.